Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, White Sox fans, guess what? It's playoff time. Two straight years. It's never, it's never happened before. Sad. But true, but we're excited. We're so excited that at Southside Sox, we're creating pregame podcasts now. It's going to be like a whole thing. We've done a couple. We did opening day uh, on the road. And of course, we did opening day at home. Uh, but those are still in the umbrella of Southside Sox, whatever. Hey, this is called Southside Sox. Pregame podcast for party people. And I've got two party people with me here. Uh, well, I guess, first of all, <laughs> I'm your favorite White Sox fan, people. Valentini, I'm hosting yet another Southside Sox podcast with me. The man's addicted. He cannot stop. He got his first taste just the other day. He's back for some more. It's Adrian Serrano. And uh, of course, representing shouldering the whole of Indianapolis on his shoulders tonight. It's Super Joseph Reese's and uh, he's coming. He's going to bring the energy. Uh, let's talk first off, guys, uh, this sort of news we got today among all the little, uh, I guess, uh, White Sox get to Houston, so they do a couple press conference type of things, is the fact that apparently Jose Abreu is fairly ill to the point where it's I'm not even certain what the illness is. Uh, we're hoping, of course, it's just flu, food poison, maybe a Michael Jordan game or a Walter Payton game of days past, but uh, reaction to that do you think he's gonna be able to play you think this is what what sort of effect does this have on the white Sox in game one um it, it kind of the timing of it was a bit weird but um i guess it's just kind of one of those things that maybe somebody just mentioned it offhand and then somebody else asks about it and they keep asking about it and it becomes a bigger thing um i can't imagine a situation where jose abreu doesn't play tomorrow i mean tony left him in after taking like a 96 mile an hour fastball at the side of the helmet so like 
unless he's missing a leg come tomorrow, like Jose is going to be batting uh, in the lineup and playing for his base. Literally coughing up a lung. Okay, let's hope that doesn't happen. Uh, Joe, your thoughts? Like you said, if Abreu has any ability to play, he will he will find himself in the lineup. I mean, yeah, he has dealt with a lot throughout his career, especially this season with all the hit-by-pitches, and he has shown just an incredible amount of uh, resilience. And um, I think it would have to be pretty darn bad for him not to play it. It is unfortunate you always hate to see it, any kind of injury or illness. Um, and hopefully this um, is able to blow over rather quickly. Um, but yeah, I, I'm optimistic that he will find himself in the starting lineup on game one. Tony LaRusso is old school. This could, you never know. This could be the strangest form of gamesmanship ever. Uh, <laughs> sickness putting him in doubt and maybe Houston's like, man, maybe we shouldn't hit him six or seven or eight times during the series. Yeah, you never know. Oh, he's sick. Don't hit him. Um, yeah. Notable. Jose Abreu never wants to sit out. He doesn't even ever want to DH. Uh, traditionally he DHs. I think on Sunday is what Tony's been doing with him. He didn't play in the finale. Now, granted it's the last game of the season at that point, completely meaningless, but you know, he didn't not want to play. So maybe that was an early indication he was battling uh, a little bit. Uh, and so now maybe it has been for several days. Uh, I hope not. Or if so, I hope he's <sighs> about to be better because the uh, White Sox, you know, we need to be full strength, especially starting out in Houston. Uh, the other bit of news we got uh, after pretty much already having it confirmed, of course, logically, Lance Lynn and Lucas Gilita are going to be the one-two starters in the series, uh, formally uh, confirming Lance Lynn, which seemed to be the majority speculation among our staff, would get the game one call. And I don't really remember where either of you weighed in in terms of the Lynn versus Giolito to start off. I'll say myself, uh, as your favorite White Sox fan, I was uh, I was in the Giolito camp. I was extremely impressed with what he did in his very first postseason game last year. He is still technically, you know, right. He's still regarded the ace of the staff. He's been as healthy or healthier than Lynn right down the stretch, uh, <clears throat> pitching as well as. And Lynn does still seem to be nursing that uh, knee. It, it makes me a little nervous. Not that this is a big deal. So given that this isn't a big deal. Where do you guys weigh in on the news that Lynn is going to be the game one starter? Um, I don't think anybody is surprised by it. Um, I definitely could have gone either way. I, it's kind of the collision of two like old school things. We're all looking for Tony to kind of always go with the old school of thought process. So like the old school of like, or do I go with the hot hand or do I go with my guy? Uh, Lance Lynn is Tony's guy from way back, you know, <laughs> in St. Louis. So like, it's, it's, it's kind of both ways. Like who is he going to trust more? And like, I think Lynn, between, you know, if, if Lynn tells him to his face that he's healthy enough to start, I think that's what Tony's going to go with. He's going to, I'm going to, I'm going to believe you that you're good, good to go. And I think they're hoping that, you know, if, you know, we get to game five and need game five, that maybe Lance Lynn has a little more track record of getting back on three days of rest and, you know, getting it done where Gio's never really had to try to do that before. Well, Adrian, talk about a guy who uh, could, will say he's going to take, the ball with one leg. I mean, <laughs> we talk about Abreu, but you know, Lynn's the same way. Joe, what are you yeah. thinking about, uh, about the decision? Uh, agree with it? Big deal or not? I, I disagree, but it's very, I think it's a minor issue in the long run here. It's, 
I would have personally gone with Giolito, but I could totally understand it either way. And it both pitchers have performed very well this year. Giolito's second half has obviously obviously been great. Uh, and with even though Giolito doesn't have the veteran presence that Lynn has, you know, he, he was remarkable in his one postseason start last year. And I mean, the stage was certainly not mm. too big for him, and it won't be too big for him this year either um lynn has been very good though and i and really this is a very good problem to have where you have two starting pitchers where it could where either one would be a a strong selection for game one starter in the alds so i will not complain about this one word got out that it's party people on this podcast so colleen sullivan naturally has hopped on with us and i think she is going to side with the lance Lynn as your number one starter faction. I am. I am. Well, no. Okay, Brett, we already talked about this today. So you knew what my answer was going to be. Um, But yeah, I'm going with Lance Lynn as my starter. Like nothing against Giolito, but we got Lance Lynn tried and true on, you know, how many years of postseason work. You know, not even just the division series, the championship series, all of that. He's got World Series experience. And he's got more World Series experience than Dallas Keuchel. (laughs) (laughs) If we're going, if we're going to get technical about things, because I'm sure there's someone out there going, why isn't Dallas starting? Like they haven't watched all fucking season. Yeah. I I hope Um, not too many people are, but yes, there probably is somebody. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going with Lance Lynn on this one. Like, again, nothing against Giolito. He had a great start in Oakland last year. But I I feel more comfortable with Lynn being the starter, knowing that he's been in this situation before. And I think having a crowd there makes a difference. And I think having an opposing crowd is going to make a difference, too. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Colleen, um, seeing as how you just jumped on and we were already rolling, let's just uh, throw a curveball here. Let's talk a little about uh, uh, Know Your Enemy. Uh, apparently, Astros fans may be a little thin-skinned. Uh, give me your uh, initial response to your uh, – I mean, The listen, one guy. Well, you know, they – you know they know what's coming and you know yet they're you know some some are some are out to pout do you think the fan base reflects the fact that the team is you know they're victims so someone i want to say it was scarlet somebody's response to know your enemy was very good in the fact that they said um the astros see themselves as like this underdog and like oh yeah we cheated and we got caught and we were punished not really you guys were not fucking punished whatever um you know and we're this underdog and nobody likes us we're gonna prove you guys wrong and the first of all the media really needs to stop feeding into that narrative because it's bullshit we all know it's bullshit like y'all didn't get caught that long ago if it wasn't for a pandemic, we would have been talking about it last year, too. Um, and the fans really lean into that. And, like, it's kind of, it's super obnoxious, right? Yeah. Like, when people crap on the Red Sox and the Yankees for their respective um, sign-stealing and cheating and manipulation of uh, technology, I guess is probably the best way to explain it. Mm. Red Sox and Yankees fans don't get super defensive and salty about it they're like yeah we did that it sucks yeah we're gonna hire Alex Gore back yeah come on you knew <laughs> let's he was lead coming. into like, it was not, yeah, was he not was coming back. okay I will you know what I'm gonna die on the hill AJ Hinch and Josh Reddick are the only two who got punished 
because AJ Hinch had to coach the fucking Tigers this year and Josh Reddick had to go to the Diamondbacks who lost like 50 yeah. games in a row. Yeah. That's true. I don't remember them mentioning anything about uh, that in the broadcast yesterday with the Yankees and Red Sox that like, oh, yeah, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Had to take a year off. From yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. That was that was conveniently glossed over. A little sneak. Um, oh, go ahead. Like, yeah. I mean, I really feel like Astros fans need to be. I don't want to say humble. I don't think humble is the right word, but like, dude, gross sense of humor. Just, and read the room. <laughs> Read the room. Yeah. Come on. We're like, two no years one's going to be on your side. No one's on your side. You guys are cheaters. And the way they go about defending them makes them look like bigger assholes. Here's something I thought was interesting, Colleen. And, 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 uh, the, the, the pieces up today, obviously, this is our pregame podcast from party people. We are just hours away from, uh, White Sox game one in the ALDS. Uh, um, not and saying how many hours. The <laughs> guy, no, we are not. We are not. That is, uh, that's some mom. amount of hours. That's mom. Nobody opened their windows. Um, the, uh, the response, uh, from Houston, from our, uh, uh, crawfish boxes, I believe is the Espionation, um, site, our sister site there. The, the response, uh, we're publishing now, you'll, as you may have already read, uh, makes a claim that, uh, uh, Carlos Correa is the most important player to Houston, which makes it totally plausible. Uh, but in the write-up, I thought it was interesting. The writer is claiming that Carlos Correa, like, sort of like fell on his sword and like took oh, response. Yeah. Uh, I was stunned, fucking, honestly, to read that. Stop. I mean, he fell on nothing. <laughs> None of them fell. I, oh no. my God. I'm going to lose my shit. None of them <laughs> fucking fell on anything. The only one who actually sat and apologized to the media was Dallas Keuchel at Sox Fest. And even then, yeah, that was the picture. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Nobody gives a shit what he thinks. And I was on a new team. So he kind of got put a, in a position where like, we have to say something, you know, so like he couldn't just not talk about it. I think well, if he right. was, like, Houston, he would have just lost over it. Just ins- yeah. insight to the Houston Astros fan base. Ugh. Apparently he's a folk hero because he like took the hit for the cheating Dallas scandal. Keuchel. I don't remember that part. Uh, uh, I don't know. Nobody, none of those players took a hit. None yeah. of those players got shit. Okay. None I mean, of them. Dusty, if Dusty took more heat than anybody, I yeah, mean, like, like he's done a great job de- dealing with all that, you know, taking yes. all that, uh, as the lightning rod for everything because He's just used to it, you know, in his, his profession. He was around Barry Bonds that long. Like, so he's people coming <laughs> right. for his teams, you know, he just, like, he had a, he had a like I show up, and, I show up and I get my checklist. Like, I know them, I know what they're going to ask. Like, I just he just flipped back his notebook to like 2000. Yeah. It was like, all right, actually, I know <laughs> this on, drill. Give me a minute. I've done this before. <sighs> okay. Let's take a quick break. Uh, let's get to uh, what the, what our choices are for the White Sox uh, playoff roster. We all know what it is now, but uh, what are our choices? Who do we definitely not want on the playoff roster? Uh, We'll be back in just a minute to discuss that. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. 
No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, guess what? We are back for the officially. Listen, it's christened. We've got a whole new podcast and it's called the Southside Sox pregame postcard. It's not called that. In fact, I'm not even going to call it anything now. This is just a Southside Sox podcast because let's just not do a take two on all of this. Um, we are talking now about really what comes down to the last three spots. The, the roster is pretty preordained given that people are healthy. Uh, presumably Carlos Rodon, though we haven't heard anything, gamesmanship again, uh, is, is obviously <laughs> going to be cleared to pitch two, three innings. Uh, if not get to five, you know, I mean, obviously fingers crossed, we're going to go complete game throw, no hitter, but I believe we're just going to, let me spitball some names out here to you guys, because this is what I want to get back. I want to know who definitely shouldn't be Colleen already know uh, who shouldn't be <laughs> on the playoff roster. And the one person you really do think needs to be on the playoff roster. And here's the six names for three spots. This is sort of how I'm, I'm trying to break it down. Uh, I, I know no one said there'd be math, but Ronaldo Lopez, Ryan Burr, Romy Gonzalez, wildcard, uh, Dallas Keuchel. <laughs> he says laughing, uh, Jose Ruiz and Sebi Zavala as maybe a third catcher or maybe even replacing Zach Collins. Those are my six. Yeah. Uh, I don't need necessarily a uh, three. And let's face it. These are the last three guys on the bench. Uh, but uh, let's go around first. Give me the one guy among those who needs to be on the playoff roster. Um, from that <laughs> list, I would have to go with Sebi. That's just because my guy to not make it is. Zach Collins, like <laughs> the playoffs just amplifies everything and every strike matters. And just watching the pitching staff amazingly look better when Grandel came back and caught a lot of games, like is not a surprise at all. If you actually pay attention to the fact that Zach Collins just cost his pitcher strikes consistently throughout a ball game. <clears throat> yeah. Can I replace Zach Collins with Sebi Zavala? Uh, you can. <laughs> you can. Like, that's my, that's my, Big one. So, okay. So does that mean I get four picks now? Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you're knocking Zach out of here, then you just take all six guys. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, of course. Uh, they can the, make the Zach choice in might Houston if be... they really want him, but like. Yeah. We're already hopefully, hopefully Asmani catches every game, but. Oh, we, God. Uh, we, we are hope, but like, it's just, it's, yeah. he also is always a question mark just with his health if he needs a day or two. Like, so somebody might have to catch along, especially if these go long, these series go long. Right. Well, in Zach Collins is, and everyone's argument about Zach Collins for a long time was that, well, his defense is not great, but he hits. Okay, well, he hasn't been hitting, and his defense sucks. So now what? Yeah. And I will take catcher defense, consistent catcher defense, and quality defense over him hitting a crap ton of home runs because we already have a lot of big bats in the lineup. There's already a ton of home run hitters yeah especially now that we're going into houston with you know luis and eloy and everybody else that's back healthy like yeah. i would be a lot more comfortable replacing zach with sebi as our backup yeah and we do not yes. even have to regard sebi as like plus defense and i'm not even sure he is i mean at this no. point the bar is competent defense <laughs> Yeah, um, you know, really, when it comes down to it, I mean, I think yeah. his his ceiling is higher than that. But I mean, he's shown this year, maybe let's say maybe at best average. That's that's it, yeah. yeah, that's that's an improvement. Mm. OK, uh, we've all jumped on Sebi. Uh, uh, Joe, do you have a different answer or even if you don't give me a different answer just so we can invite maybe one of these other five <laughs> guys up to the roster? 
Yes. Before I give my other answer, I will say I'm on board with Sebi over Zach. Like Zach just hasn't hit well enough to make up for that very bad defense behind the plate, as as you mentioned. So I would be totally fine with leaving him off and replacing him with Sebi. Um, Reynaldo Lopez has really surprised me this year. And the luck on batted balls has been a little bit in his favor, but he has looked quite a bit better. Um, his walk rate, only two walks per nine innings. That's good. That's um, easily the lowest of his career for any season. And um, it's, yeah, that he seems like he's pretty much left the very ugly 2019 and 2020 seasons for him in the rearview mirror. And um, Dude, that ice surgery did him wonders. Oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> Go figure. Seeing the plate improves your pitching. Go figure. Yeah, well, and I kind of like not to be a jerk about it, but like, dude, how bad was your eyesight? Yeah, because I mean, yeah, he's, he's even said like, I can see the plate now, and I mean, he yeah. might be playing he's around so, a little bit, but I mean, it's, it's like, like especially it's impressive because like he has not gained any movement on his fastball, which is still <laughs> a problem for him. You know, like if when they're sitting fastball and they get it, they're going to hit it because it just doesn't have any movement on it, but he's able to pitch off his breaking pitches a little more effectively. Well, yeah. And that's the key, right? Like the Astros have had a hard time hitting breaking pitches this season. Um, And, you know, I mean, and obviously a little bit last season too, but when I was doing know your enemy and doing some comparisons, I noticed that breaking pitches seem to be the issue for a lot of the big Astros hitters, you know? So I would like, you know, I would like Lopez in with that breaking stuff because he, you know, we know his fastball is not that great right now. And if he's going to go in and throw more breaking stuff, I think he would tie up the hitters just fine. Well, and certainly head to head with Dallas. And we're going to get to Dallas here in just a second, but head to head with Dallas. If you're looking at those guys, let's call them the 25th and 26th men that you don't necessarily want to use. Cause I'm not sure you can necessarily trust Ronaldo either, but if it's a situation where someone's hurt, or someone is just shelled and you are going to have to have a guy not necessarily even come in and wear it, but just, you know, be the long man. I don't know anybody who's going to say, well, Dallas Keuchel has, he's crafty and he has experience. So he's the guy I'm going to choose. He might be the guy you have to choose because Ronaldo's already spent or he's not even on the playoff roster, but I don't think he's going to be the choice. So let's jump to it. Then do you place given the circumstances that Dallas you know is in and the fact that even his little audition which Tony says doesn't mean anything his little yeah. audition out of the pen uh did not go well does he make the playoff roster here's the only way that I'm using Dallas Keuchel in the situation I'm not using him as a reliever out of the bullpen I know that that's the new talking point right now is mm-hmm. using Keuchel out of the bullpen if I'm keeping Keuchel on the playoff roster I am keeping him as to start because it's hard to go from a starter to a reliever. We all know that we've heard Steve Stone hammer that home all season. I'm keeping him in as a starter for three innings max because we've noticed as he goes deeper into games, that's really where the wheels are starting to fall off. So then at that point, um, and I hate, doing both i hate bullpen games in the playoffs but at that point i'm bringing in lopez because while lopez does have that starting pitching experience we've seen him do remarkably well coming out of the bullpen this season so i think i would pair them together 
in, or even, a, or even, in a potent or, scenario. Yeah, or even potentially a Kopech that would make yeah. the uh, the Astros think that they had started the game in Little League and then they were back in the major leagues uh, based <laughs> on that velocity. Uh, like Adrian, that T-Mobile commercial. Yeah. Adrian, Joe, uh, thoughts on Dallas uh, even getting on the playoff roster? Um, I mean, it's hard to say right now. Like, you have to kind of really read the tea leaves with Tony on how he's going to, you know, manage this veteran presence and this veteran, you know, personality. And like, I can't see him leaving him off the postseason roster, but like, I can't also see a a place for him to, you know, feature into the games in a five game series. Um, in a seven game series, that makes a lot more sense. Like, sure. all right, maybe you know he could take the third or fourth game, but like. I just can't see, you know, unless you're only going to have everybody on a short leash, like uh, Colin was mentioning, everybody's, you know, three innings and you're going to see everybody one time and then we're going to move on to our bullpen um, or somebody else. Yeah, Adrian, Tony, Tony aside, it's a done deal. He's going to be on the postseason roster. Tony is not going to let a veteran not be on the (laughs) postseason roster. Do you think he should be on the postseason roster? I mean, based on we like like Colin said, we've seen – Lopez come out of the bullpen and be successful and we've seen him start games mm-hmm. and be successful this season. So, I mean, yeah. from going from that alone, like he gives you both of those options that, yeah. uh, you know, Kopech we've seen the same out of, we haven't seen, we've seen Dallas try to come out of the bullpen one <laughs> yeah. time and that not. Go well. Yeah. Super Joseph. He did get up you... to 90 miles an hour, you know, so that's something I'll give it to him. He came in juiced up and he was trying to throw hard, but um, he... he was ready to field those ground balls. Yeah. Oh. It, it, it just didn't go well for him. Um, so like, I just, I, I can't imagine he's in a good enough mind space to yeah. jump in there in a, at a postseason game and be that guy. That's true. Joe, what you thinking? Yeah, I am not a fan of the approach of him getting that big of an advantage because he has as much major league experience as he does. Um, but I'm just not sure, you know, by taking him, who exactly you know, he would be preventing from getting a spot who I would – um, who I would strongly prefer to have over him. Uh, he obviously has had a disappointing season, and I I would certainly hope that he doesn't have a big role in the series. But uh, if he if they use him, you know, in a diminished role, um, that's fine with me. Uh, like, and with a le- left-handed pitcher, like normally I would, um, you know be an advocate for, you know, him coming in the game with maybe like two out of three lefties do up in an inning, perhaps. Although his splits are pretty much the same against righties and lefties. Uh, so it can't really use that argument in his favor. Um, yeah, so he's, I'm fine with him being on the roster just because the alternatives are just kind of questionable. Well, Joe, he is going to be a big factor in the series because he's going to accidentally walk into the Houston locker room for game one because he's never, his heart has never left Houston. And I think my addition, we can leave his body in Houston. And Colleen and I already discussed this, and that is, I think he makes a playoff roster so we can accidentally leave him in Houston when they go back to Chicago. And then it's like, where'd he go? And then maybe they even get some special dispensation from Manford uh, to, you know, add a new 26 guy. And that's my thinking, just sort of an abandonment thing. Sometimes, you know, listen, sometimes you gotta just rip the bandaid off sometimes. Yeah, like, but... Can we, uh, can we get him a dry, can we get him the job driving the train up in left field? Like, <laughs> like let him be the folk hero driving the train. train. He can, yeah. he can chew, chew it. 
Is there a person the actually in there? I've never yeah. paid attention. There is a oh, conductor God. in there, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I wonder how that person gets that job. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow yeah, that bumps me out why, even more. Personally, like, how is, how is that a job and how is Dallas already not doing that job? <laughs> how is it already not his job? <laughs> the Dallas Express. I would like to see it go a different direction. Let's let's mix this thing up. Go all um, around. Okay, uh, anticipation. This is the first time the White Sox have ever been in back-to-back postseasons, even if we may regard this as a legitimate postseason. And then last year sort of as a weird flip a coin and you're in the postseason type of thing, but in the record books it counts. But uh, this stuff is for real, a real opponent, a real five-game series, a real challenge in front of the White Sox. Uh, just how's it feeling? What, what are, what, as we're just, again, mere minutes away from first pitch, uh, you know, butterflies kicking in yet? Uh, uh, you know, what, what are we thinking about this? I'm stressed. <laughs> <laughs> well, you wear it well. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm stressed out. Um, I really, I want to be optimistic that things are going to go well in Houston. The regular season games there make me nervous for how those went. I mean, and there were a lot of missing factors. We, we had a lot of guys hurt. But still, I'm I'm stressed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Y'all, I'm, I'm a little nervous. Yeah, the only thing that's giving me pause still is the fact that we just have not heard anything about Carlos Rodon. So, like, that's the yeah. only question mark that I have going into this. Otherwise, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, I was looking into, uh, you know, Tim Anderson's numbers earlier today and made me feel just really, you know, excited about, like, this offense is different when Tim Anderson is yeah. playing well and his numbers since, you know, uh, the middle of September have been just stellar, you know, so I feel like they're going to score some runs and I feel like I would feel better about the uh, outcome if I had Rodon, who would probably have been my pick for be the, you know, the game one starter where he healthy just from his performance in Houston, you know, a few times now um, and their, you know, struggle with the breaking stuff, as Colleen pointed out, um, he's a good matchup for them, but uh, if he's not going to be available, then it becomes a little more iffy, but I still think that the, uh, I'm pretty good overall. And super Joseph, I know you're feeling good because we've gone this entire podcast, <laughs> the party people podcast, the white Sox, Southside Sox pregame podcast. I think that's what we're calling it without even oh mentioning God. your guy, <laughs> Luis Robert. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing okay right now. Um, it hasn't, maybe it just hasn't sunk in yet. Um, and it, it probably won't until it's, you know, the base is loaded in the protecting a one run lead in the seventh inning or something tomorrow. But, uh. um, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, but for, for now, I'm feeling surprisingly calm. That said, let's, uh, again, maybe some of you have already committed predictions on this series to, the various uh, families of Southside Sox podcast, but let's do it again. Uh, what is I, Colleen? I'm going to start with you because it seems like you're sort of a little jittery here. Uh, get, what do you think? How this is going to well? Is okay, out? in my defense, I did try to watch the game earlier today. However, when as we are recording this podcast, it is Wednesday, <laughs> and he was that up. <laughs> Yeah, what are you doing? What are you watching? Things are going. Man, that's a hot DVR you got. Sorry, yes, my computer clock was lying to me. I was, I was like, oh my god, it's not on. What's going on? And then I looked, and it was like, oh, it's Wednesday. (laughs) 
I think there's. I think we're gonna go five. I think there's gonna be five games. That's all you're gonna. That's all you're gonna yep, commit that's, to. That's all I'm. Go, that's all I'm committing to. Man, you really are nervous. All right. I so no. Okay, I'm not. I'm also very superstitious. All like, right. When it comes to baseball stuff, I'm very superstitious. Um, the most you're going to get me to commit to is that they're. I think they're gonna go five games. All right. All right, that's a fair pass, but I, you know, you've explained yourself enough that we'll we'll allow it at least uh, this time. Adrian, Joe, what you got? Um, I have the White Sox in four. Um, I just think it's going to happen for them. Like I feel like it's a. I, I'm very happy that we have the uh, Houston in a five game series instead of a seven game series. I'm just like I would worry about that offense, you know, for seven games to have to beat them four times. Like just to beat them three, I think get in there, get game one, and then, uh, you know, do enough uh, over the next three games to to get it done and watch Larise Robert hit one up on the train tracks at Houston is going to be a, a fun time. <laughs> watch out, Dallas! I'll be at, I'll be at game, I'll be at, uh, you know, game four to watch him close it out at the uh, guaranteed rate. So. Sweet. And Colleen will be on the bat. I will be at game three just – cringing like <laughs> if anybody sees a short irish person very tense and cringing, in the corner it's, it's me <laughs> I'm, I'm in different seats now now we're in the lower levels i got uh, through work nice. so i'll be the i'll be the i'll be the one on the screen sitting all tense in my seat oh yeah okay zoom in on her again 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 uh okay joe what's the prediction I need to mention that all of my, or well, uh, not all, but a bunch of my predictions for team performance <laughs> have, have gone down in flames this year. Um, oh, God. I tweeted about this yesterday about, um, I had the Padres beating the Yankees in the World Series. Both of those teams are already out. So then um, it's a Houston sweep, Joe. I, oh, I, I was going to say Astros in five. So, <laughs> and I'm the, probably the worst predictor here. So there we go. All you right. know what, Joe? If it does end up being Houston in five, I'm going to come find you. <laughs> okay. She looks you all recovered. Well, I'm come find you. As I said before, I'm with Adrian. Uh, I, and I think maybe, uh, you know, I might even be tempted to go uh, three. Uh, I could see the White Sox losing the first and then and running it. Uh, they're not going to lose a blackout game three. So good news for you, Colleen. You can calm down already. Uh, but yeah, I, I like to see them. I like probably because Adrian's there. I, I like the idea of them wrapping it up before they have to go back to Houston. I'm not saying the games are going to be blood or it's going to be an easy series. Uh, for some reason, I'm feeling a, a lot like the White Sox are going to capture the momentum quickly. And that goes for even if, even if they lose the first game out of the box, because that's going to be their toughest challenge. Uh, game one is going to be the roughest. And I see that being a close one. Maybe they don't win. Mm-hmm. And then I think I could see them run, running three and, and Carlos Rodon coming out, maybe going far longer into the game than we think, given a strong four or five, maybe in six. Adrian, maybe you'll get lucky and Carlos Rodon will come yeah. up for game four. I, he'll, I would, I would he'll, like know. he'll know that you're there. I got to <laughs> see, like, I got to see his last start of the regular season. So I'm, uh, I'm hoping. Carlos that, is like, Adrian doesn't know my status. I, I gotta, <laughs> I, have to I gotta reinforce there. it for him. My Cy Young, my Cy Young award winner, unfortunately, injury derailed him. Uh, yeah. Hey, listen, man, that's not the craziest thing. The way he was pitching. All right. Well, uh, again, we really do have to wrap it up because uh, pregame is probably starting any second now. So, uh, you know, we got to hop off of here, throw up the podcast. You guys can get a quick listen, like during the commercials or whatever. You know, I mean, Ozzy, he's going to go off on some rant. So just listen to the podcast while Ozzy's like laying on the couch or Big Herd is like guffawing and coughing or whatever. You know, there's plenty of time during the pregame 
to listen to our podcast. And I think we are slightly more comprehensible than the Comcast. But hey, I didn't oh, sorry. promise that. <laughs> well, no, no. Okay. All right. Uh, I'll speak for myself then. Uh, nervous Colleen is not thrown down. No, no, that's true. Uh, but uh, again, we are going to be uh, rocking a ton of coverage. Colleen actually is sort of headlining uh, something a little bit new we're doing, or we've only occasionally done in the past. Uh, for oh, each no game, pressure. or at least for some games, yeah, no pressure. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, of course, usual recap, six pack of stats. Uh, we're going to be doing sort of a next game reaction type of column piece as well. Uh, probably even feature, you know, Adrian's probably going to write like three features. People are going to write a feature at the game. He's been throwing so much out stuff out for us. So he's probably already got a couple things right now in the hopper that I'm going to now have to publish. So sorry, this podcast <laughs> might be late. Uh, but, um, uh, you know, we're, uh, you know, we are going to give you, we are going to take this playoffs very seriously, just as the White Sox are in winning and in four, right, Adrian? So, you know, yeah. uh, and, and sending you home happy and not having to go back to Houston because then I go back to Houston. Then they're going to like, retrieve, they're going to feel obligated to retrieve Dallas Keuchel. We don't want that. Just uh, let him stay. Yeah. You know, he's going to, he's going to have a little spot in us. He's going to find his old <laughs> corner locker in the clubhouse. He's just going to want to nestle in there. So just let him, let him lie. Let him be there. And uh, White Sox move on to play, uh, you know, uh, Tampa or Boston, whatever. Doesn't matter. Don't matter. Uh, Colleen, it don't matter. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he says, oh, boy, talk to me in a game. Okay, yeah, uh, on that note, we will not have a pregame. Po- We're going to have a postgame after game one. We will not have a pregame for game two because it starts at, like, 930 in the morning or whatever. Uh, but we are going to try to do a pre and post game podcast, you know, reaction, anticipation, uh, whatnot, just like this one, man, we are jittery because we are mere moments away from first pitch. So we'll stop yakking and, uh, let you get to the ball game. Uh, thanks as always for listening. Uh, sometimes even watching us and always reading, uh, appreciate you, the readers, uh, without you, we are not here, but, uh, on behalf of Adrian, super Joseph and uh, nervous Colleen, who's going to be there on camera constantly during game three <laughs> in the blackout. Uh, I'm Brett Valentini. Thank you for listening.